pianist Debbie Briding accompanying Gospel of Matthew the 11th chapter comes these words 
But to what will I compare this generation? It is like children sitting by the marketplaces and calling to one another, We played the flute for you and you did not dance. Uh oh. We wailed and you did not moan. You wailed and, and, and you did not mourn, excuse me. For John came near eating, neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. The Son of Man came, eating and drinking, and they say, look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. And that time Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And then we move now to the 24th chapter of Genesis. 24th chapter of Genesis is all about Rebecca. Now note that Rebecca gets an entire chapter for herself. Isaac gets little snippets. She gets way more press than he does. And she's an interesting, interesting character. One of my favorite characters in all the Old Testament. And this text starts out saying... Stick with me, Keith. I'm going to get right to where you are. But it starts out saying, and this chapter starts out saying, Now Abraham was old, well advanced in years, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. And he said to his servant, one of the oldest in his house, who he put in charge of all that he had, Put your hand under my thigh, and I will make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven, that you will not get a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites, among whom I live, but will go to my country and my kindred and get a wife for my son Isaac. And the servant said to him, Perhaps the woman may not be willing to follow me to this land. Hmm. And then the servant goes to the land of Abraham's ancestors, and he meets a woman... And here's how the story goes, picking up at verse 34. So he said, I am Abraham's servant. The Lord has greatly blessed my master, and he has become wealthy. He has given him flocks and herds and silver and gold and male and female slaves and camels and donkeys And Sarah, my master's wife, bore a son to my master when she was old, and he has given him all that he has. And my master made me swear, saying, You shall not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites, 
in whose land I live, but you shall go to my father's house, to my kindred, and get a wife for my son. And then he goes on. I came today to the spring and said, Lord, the God of my master Abraham, if now you will only make successful the way I am going. I am standing here by the spring of water. Let the young woman who comes out to draw to whom I shall say, please give me a little water from your jar to drink. And who will say to me, drink and I will draw water for your camels also. Let her be the woman whom God, the Lord has appointed for my master's son. And before he had finished speaking in his heart, there was Rebecca coming out with her water jar on her shoulder. And she went down to the spring and drew, and I said to her, please let me have a drink. And she quickly let down her jar from her shoulder and said, Drink, and I will also water your camels. So I drank, and she also watered the camels. And then I asked her, Whose daughter are you? And she said, The daughter of Bethuel, Nahor's son, whom Milcah bore to him. So I put a ring on her nose and bracelets on her arms. And then I bowed my head and worshiped the Lord and blessed the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who has led me by the right way to obtain the daughter of my master's kinsman for his son. Now then, if you will deal loyally with me, truly with my master, tell me. And if not, tell me so that I may turn either to the right hand or to the left. And what happens is Laban, who is her brother, who is the master of that house, says, okay, she can go. And then they say, but wait, let her spend about 10 days with us so that we can have our fair share to say goodbye. And the servant says, no, no, I, I want to take her now. I'm so excited to have met her. This is the right person. We need to go. And they then, the, the family then, sends to her and says, will you go with him? It's your choice. And she says, yes, I will. And then we pick up. So they sent away their sister Rebekah and her nurse, along with Abraham's servants and his men. And they blessed Rebekah and said to her, May you, our sister, become a thousand myriads. May your offspring gain possession of the gates of their foes. And Rebekah and her maids rose up, mounted the camels, and followed the man. And thus the servant took Rebekah and went his way. Now Isaac had come from Beer Laharoi and was settled in Negeb. Isaac went out in the evening to walk in the field and looking up he saw the camels coming. And Rebekah looked up when she saw Isaac and she slipped quickly from the camel and said to the servant, Who is the man over there walking in the field to meet us? 
And the servant said, It is my master. So she took her veil and covered herself. And the servant told Isaac all the things that he had done. Then Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent. He took Rebekah, and she became his wife. And he loved her. So Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So I have a friend that goes to um, a church around here. He's very active. It's at one of those churches that has three services, and he's in the front row of all three services. He's an excited, young, new Christian. And one of his things is to be a good Christian. He believes he needs to find a good Christian wife. And so he's always asking us to pray for him to find the right woman. And... Theoretically, we could use this text today to help him in his search for how to find the right woman. If you look this up, there are lots and lots of sermons about how to find a godly woman to marry based on Rebecca's story. I also have used this, preached on this text a whole lot when um, clergy women that I know have been installed or ordained in their positions because it's a great call story. It's the story about how Rebecca is called to join Isaac in having, a, having children and in their together act, enacting the promises of God by providing a nation through their children to the world. But I'm going to try today to talk to you on the same themes that we have been talking about in the Genesis text all along, which is, if you remember, that I, that I have said to you that God made promises. And in particular, God made promises to Abraham that Abraham would be a great nation, that Abraham would have children more than there are sand, grains of sand on the beach or stars in the sky, and that Abraham would have land. And as the story of Abraham progresses, we see that God indeed keeps the promises that God has made, and in very strange ways. Abraham has a son, Ishmael, and we think, oh, he's going to be the one to carry on the line. He's going to be the one to carry out the promises of God. But then in her old age, Abraham's wife Sarah has a son, and they laugh because it's so funny that someone that old would have a child. They call him Isaac because that means laughter. But he is part of God's promises too. And so both Ishmael and Isaac, the sons of Abraham, carry on into great nations. So the promises of God are able to happen because God provides what is needed for those promises to happen. But today I want to look at how God provides, because in this text it's very clear that we can't just sit back on our laurels and Monday morning quarterback and say, hey God, you made a promise to me. 
So make it happen. That's not the way it works. Abraham knows that in order for God's promises to happen and for him to have more children than stars in the skies, that his son, Isaac, has to have a wife. Now note very clearly in this text, Isaac is nowhere to be seen. His voice is not heard. He doesn't talk. He doesn't do nothing. He doesn't agree. He doesn't disagree. He's just not there. Abraham and his servant just decide that Isaac needs a wife and they're going to go find one. He has no say at all. But we know why they did it, because In order for God's promises to be carried out, that has to happen. Isaac has to have a wife so that they can have children, so that the promise can continue. And so Abraham says to his most trusted servant, I don't want my son to marry these Canaanite people, these people who have a religion different than ours, who have cultures different than ours, who are people different than ours. I want my son to have people like ours. So go to the land where I grew up and find him a wife. And I know, servant of mine, because I walk with the Lord, I know that you walk with the Lord. And that God will send an angel to help you. Now think about that, first of all. There's something. God sends angels to help us. If we are trying to carry out the promises of God through the provisions that God offers, God helps us. God sends an angel. The man is standing at the well. And the text says, before he has finished... Speaking in his heart. He's praying internally. Before he's finished his prayer to God, Rebecca shows up, answer to prayers. Praise the Lord. So see how that works? He's already starting to take the provisions that God has in mind to make the promise happen. And make that happen. And so Rebecca is cool, right? Rebecca's pretty. She's smart. She's wealthy. She works hard. Who wouldn't want her for a wife, right? The text tells us some of those things, but one of the things that we miss culturally in this text that you need to know is, not only does she offer this man a drink, which she's supposed to do because in that culture you are supposed to be overly hospitable to any stranger. So you're supposed to offer them a drink. You're supposed to give them a place to stay. But she doesn't just do that. She gives the camels a drink. And you're all looking at me like, so what? Why do we care? Well, first of all, we know that there were ten camels Each camel, when it drinks, drinks 
between 20 and 30 gallons of water. And she had a pitcher, a cad, K-A-D is how that translates in, in Hebrew, which was what they used at the dinner table for their family's water. So it was, how much does a family drink in water? Maybe three to five gallons? She's got to come up with two to three hundred gallons of water in a pitcher that holds five gallons walking from the well to the camel trough and back again just to be hospitable to this guy. To water the camels. See, her only obligation was to him, but she makes sure the camels are taken care of. And when they go to her house, they feed him, they give him rest, and his servants, they give him a place to stay, and they give straw and feed to the camels, which is more than they were expected to do. And Rebecca, who has been faithful, unlike Isaac, who gets no say in his future whatsoever, ah, says, yeah, I'll marry him. I'll go. I will make sure that the promises of God through the provisions that God has provided will happen. And this is text, the end of this text is beautiful because it really is one of the few stories in the Bible where we can say it's a Disney story. They live happily ever after. Isaac is out walking and she sees him and goes, And he sees her and goes, one of only two places in the entire Bible that I know of where it says of husband and wife and he loved her. She comforted him after his mother's death. She was a great wife to him. See, here's the thing. God makes promises to us. God provides for us to make those promises come true. But we have to enact those provisions to make sure the promises will happen. You know the old story of the guy who was mad at God because he never won the lottery. And he prayed and he prayed to win the lottery and he prayed and he prayed to win the lottery and he never won the lottery and the more times he didn't win the lottery, the madder he got at God and when he finally got to heaven and he said, God, I prayed and begged you to help me win the lottery. Why didn't you do it? Think of all the good things I could have done with that money, the children I could have fed, the organizations I could have helped. And God said, son, in order to win the lottery, you have to buy a ticket. that some of you believe that God has promised you a good marriage but in times of trouble you won't go see a counselor some of you believe that God has promised you financial stability 
but you don't have a personal budget and you won't save a dime. Some of you believe that God has promised you a closer relationship with him, and yet you don't pray, you don't read your Bible, you don't come to church. We have an obligation to respond to those things that God provides as part of the promise God wants for us. In the Newer Testament, we'll hear, God works for good for those who love him. God only wants good things for us. God promises good things for us. The scripture is full of God's promises for us. And those aren't just pie-in-the-sky wishes. God is not some kind of genie that we can rub a lamp and hope that what God tells us will come true. No, God is faithful, and we can trust God's promises. But sometimes we have to do some things to make those happen. Rebecca said yes. While she walked in faith, Abraham sent his most trusted servant, the one who he knew would pray to the Lord. Abraham was a man of faith himself. And Isaac, poor dumb Isaac, just had to trust that those around him had his best in mind. But everybody had a role to play in taking hold of the promises of God just as we have a role to play in making sure that those things that God promises us and our church and our community come to pass. Thanks be to God for promises kept and opportunities offered. Amen.